I was looking at like the uh, instruments. Maybe if I ever learn to actually upload audio on time, we'll use some sometime. Ooh, I like that. Make it classy. <laughs> A year into it, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Three, two, one, action. What's up, guys? Deacon Greg back on the audio portion of Two Beers Deep. Um, last time we left off, Greg and I were running over to a Steelers game, which uh, they pretty much... Yeah, no, that was the greatest Steelers game ever in Heinz Field. Yeah, I was not expecting that much of a beatdown. I was not expecting the hangover I got the next night either. Yeah, but, you... Eh. you gra- okay, for anybody that yeah. doesn't know, like I work through hangovers pretty much three to four days out of the week. Um, <laughs> and that's not an over-exaggeration. I Greg, don't know how you do it. I don't know, man. It's just, I just, I live in a hangover is what I kind of feel Ooh. like. It's definitely not the best way. And it's definitely not the most productive thing I've ever done because it just isn't. Yeah. But it's been all right. Uh, I woke I woke up like in the morning and stuff. Like I thought I was okay. And then like I, as soon as I got out of my bed, I was like, oh, I feel I didn't low. even think you were that drunk. I, I didn't either. It just like hit me out of nowhere. You know what it was? What's that? It was definitely the Ager. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we took some shots of Jaeger before we left for the game. Yeah. And honestly, that Jaeger, man. Yeah, but it also you. got you nice and warm, it which did. it wasn't that cold. But you got to, it got you warm. It kept me warm. That is very accurate. You know, what? I I gotta say, I was expecting to be like freezing. Yeah, it freezing. was actually really nice for the game. Yeah, because me and you have been the coldest game I've ever been to yep. was the playoff game against Miami, yep. and I. It was brutal. But Where Bud Dupree was... put Matt Miller or Matt Moore, excuse me, into a body bag, basically. Yeah. Yes, that was actually not bad. We had great seats too. Yeah, those were actually really nice seats. Mm-hmm. Um, no, nah, so that was obviously a tremendous game. Uh, we had a decent weekend of sports. Uh, how was your weekend as a human, Greg? Uh, my weekend as a human was interesting. I I made a trip up to Somerset to visit our down our friend. to Somerset. No, no, up. Somerset. Yeah, Somerset South. From Allegheny. Where's Allegheny? Well, we're Allegheny. I mean, Westmoreland. I thought you would have to go up because you have to take you have to take seventy six north. Or is it seventy six Somerset? Yeah, I thought so. Unless I, unless on. I'm thinking east. Hold on. It. I mean, hold on. Yeah, I don't know. Hold on. Yeah, we're we're gonna test this out now. I get. I don't know. It was seventy six late at night? Could barely see anything because no, of the fog. No, dude. It's it's like. No. Okay. Like obviously it's upside down. I'm I'm showing yeah, yeah, you right okay. my my laptop. Oh, okay. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah, dude. You heard. A so, liar. My bad. I was thinking of Slippery Rock, because Slippery Rock, I have to go north. So How do you some... get those confused? I don't know. I got mixed up, because I'm not used to, like, taking turnpikes enough. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> yeah, you've been to Somerset. I know. You know Somerset. I know, you but... You know Slippery Rock. You I know do. those are definitely not the same place. Okay, my compass directions are off. I apologize. I'm not the... I was never a Boy Scout. <laughs> so Greg went down to Somerset. Okay, I went down to Somerset, visited visited our friend Dave. Uh, had a good time there. Learned a new drinking game while I was down there, which, which really threw me off. Drunk Chinese checkers. And I'm assuming you just play Chinese checkers drunk. Uh, yes, and it also gets super intense and ruthless because the key of the game is you have to hop over people, and however you whoever you hop over takes a drink, and if it's hopped over twice. You have to take two drinks, and whoever ends up being the last person to finish the game has to take a shot of whoever the winner wants. Wait, the last person? Oh, I got you. Yeah, because it's a a six-person game, yeah. Oof. It's ruthless, man. 
I played a fun drinking game this weekend hmm. called Drink As Much As You Can Really Quickly and End Up at a Strip Club for Four Hours with your girlfriend, your best friend, his girlfriend, and his friend, and his girlfriend. I, 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 I come in here this morning, I mean, sorry, this afternoon, and I hear you talk about it, and my mind just like, and I'm immediately just blown away by it because first off, I knew that Kaylee was planning something for your birthday. We weren't planning this. Yeah. To make it, if, oh, this if, I can, if I can make it as, if I can make it as smooth a transition into this conversation, we did not plan to do that. We planned to go to Philadelphia. Okay. So whose idea was the strip club then? It was everybody's but me. Really? And there's, I, there's a good story to have, and I'm not being like a little, little crybaby, like no. I'm not saying, um, anything like that. All I'm saying is, I told everyone I didn't want to go there. Reason being because we were there for my birthday. Right. And I was like, um. You know, I don't want anybody spending a ton of money. I was like, we were already drunk. We were pretty plastered. Oh, yeah. I was like, let's go home, um, hang out, and play some Mario Party. Yeah, exactly. And I'm we cool. ended up at Delilah's Strip Club and Steakhouse. Wait, 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 wait. It's a strip club and a steakhouse? Yeah. Apparently. So wait, wait, so wait, wait. So you had a steak and some thighs with you, basically? We didn't get any steak. You just had the thighs? I mean, Thing. yeah, we did. It was just, it was just one of those things, man. Where like we went to a couple cool bars, and and it, it just you had to exchange your money for Delilah dollars, which I know is not that outlandish of a thing. But I, I got in a fight with the lady. Um, you got wait, wait, you got. I got in a fight not with a stripper. Okay, I, I was gonna say fight. wait. A I second. got in a fight with the lady that was exchanging currency for Delilah dollars. Okay, because she said. Um, Basically, she was, you know, like, okay, yeah, like, you have to get 60 and they are $72. Okay. And my question back to her was, can you explain the exchange rate? <laughs> and at the time, <laughs> at the time, it made the most sense out of anything I've ever said in my life. Right. Like, out of, out of almost anything I've ever said in my entire life, mm -hmm. asking someone what the exchange rate between American <laughs> currency and Delilah dollars at Delilah Strip Club <laughs> in Philadelphia made so much sense to me and she looked at me like I was a psychopath and I get it. Yeah. But man did I think I was smart. Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> Interesting too. I don't think I've ever heard of a strip club having their own like dollar amounts. I yeah. guess it kind it kind of makes sense cuz you don't have like the girls fighting over the dollars at the end of the night. So maybe. You know, it was it was um <sighs> it was something that I'm glad happened because it was a fun story and everyone laughed and i didn't really spend that much so i wasn't too mad mm. um and it was one of those things where you're just like haha we did that but the problem with it though and this is the reason i traditionally have always had the rule and i've i don't go to strip clubs greg right you were curious i um, i kind of figured I this mean. was actually the this was the second time i've ever gone to one the other time was for a buddy moving to south carolina okay and it wasn't we didn't really do it we went in there and got drinks right um Never, never did it. Never been that type. But we went in there, and I'm glad it was funny and whatever. But it was, it was super funny because like we're sitting there, and the two guys, Greg and I, went to buy Delilah dollars, and I just sat there and had my drink. And the girls are like, "Wow, you know that girl up there? She's so, she's so hot, and wow, she's so good at dancing." And mm -hmm. a guy came up and put a dollar in her g-string. Yeah, and it it flipped like a switch. All they kept saying was what a creep he was, uh, and it was just like, "Oh, do you see like, yeah." Oh, yeah, it was so cringe, it just, dude. It, it it turns just like so quickly there. So too. cringe, but no, it was a good time, and, and it was for my birthday, and it was awesome to go out to Philly. Um, it was hysterical. It's one of those nights where like you you'll keep remembering little things that happened, but you're not really sure if it's true. It was just funny, man. That that sounds pretty entertaining. Of all places for you to end up, I would not have. 
picked you to go there. Never. Well, I wouldn't have picked it either because I actually had a running bet before that I said I bet anyone in the car $125 that we don't go to Delilah's. Now, the problem was no one shook my hand. Oh, so, um, that, that's, that's like the and golden if, thing if right there. if someone would have shook my hand, I would have made myself throw up and say we had to go home. So it was kind of, <laughs> honestly, it was definitely like a prop bet. I shouldn't, like, I would have honestly said, no, I need, I need to go home right now if I would have made the bet because then I would have been up uh, 250. Right. So, well, that sucks. Yeah, it's a good time, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. That's all I can say. Then we just watched football all day. Sunday, obviously. Um, okay, so I have a little more. I don't want to talk about sports just yet. We have we have a long show ahead of us. We're okay. perfectly fine with this. I was going to say Did, I had a perfect segue for Delilah's into sports, but go on. Okay, say it, and then we'll see if we I was going to ask if you ran into Jimmy Butler in town checking uh, out the local strip clubs or not. I did but, not. Uh, I did not. Yep, let's just do that, and then we can go back to pop culture at the end. So right. let's transition. Obviously, the first thing on the docket is I was in Philadelphia, and it was actually super funny because we went to a Wawa. And I was checking out the Wawa, and the only reason I thought it was good is because I had it like a, a Thanksgiving gobbler sandwich, which oh. I crammed. You know what I mean? Like it's that's a signature dish that you're just gonna be like, this is amazing. There's mm. no way to screw up a Thanksgiving sandwich. True. That is why there is such a thing as the gobblerito. Yes. Um. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there, and I t- I got the message, and it was funny because I got the message right after I was wearing my four one two hat and beanie, right, or uh, a beanie and sweatshirt, excuse me. And this guy goes, "Oh, a cool sweatshirt." I was like, "Oh, thanks." Like. You know, not many people here know what it's about. He's like, oh, yeah, I grew up in Pittsburgh. We start talking. He's like, yeah, I went to Penn Hills. I went to Shadyside. I was like, oh, cool. I went to Kiski. He said, not Kiski Prep, right? I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> F those dudes. He was like, oh, good. We played them all the time. I think he said he played uh, football. But but mm-hmm. we were just talking. And then and then the side story that Pittsburgh's everywhere. But, um, yeah, Jimmy Butler gets traded. Uh, what did you think when you first saw it? Uh, the original alert that I got on my phone was from ESPN. It was, um, Jimmy Butler for, uh, Robert Covington and yep. Dario Sarge. Yep. My immediate reaction was, that's a, I think that's a fair deal. That was my immediate reaction. My second reaction was not expecting the Sixers to be the team that he gets yeah, traded to. that was to. a fair deal when the Rockets offered four first round picks. To an extent, yes, mainly because of the fact that the Rockets, if they would have gotten Jimmy Butler, I feel like those first round picks would have been They would low. have been they would have been like in the high twenties. They would have been the high twenties and like or, or it, yeah. In the last few years then we've re- we've remembered we watch the draft all the time together. It's hard for me to remember like a guy in the twenties who ends up ma- being a difference maker. I mean, there's some good role players on the team, but it's not it's something kinda hard to remember from that yeah, point. This is an absolute, absolute failure for the Wolves. This whole Jimmy Butler experience has been an absolute failure. Okay. In my opinion. Yeah, especially looking at what the Bulls got for him. Like Chris Dunn, you can say what you want about him. He's kind of been mediocre. He hasn't really been the lead point guard that you expected. Like, um, I mean, uh, Zach Levine has his moments, but Laurie Markkinen might end up being the real steal of that because they got that pick for him. Yeah. So, and yeah. it's imbo- it's unbelievable. Okay, so we're looking at some of the things here. SB Nation did a winners and losers. Uh-huh. Winners Philadelphia, obviously. Right. Philadelphia finally has a big three. Now, the way it's going to work is going to be weird because Simmons. I think it's funny because Embiid is arguably a better outside shooter than Ben Simmons. Okay. And that's just that's just the way it is. Yeah. Ben Simmons is obviously going to be a point good guy that's amazing. Jimmy Butler gives them an extension on the wing, mm-hmm. defensively especially. Right. Um, so, obviously, Philly is a massive winner. You can't even argue that. They finally have a big three. No. Another winner, Timberwolves fans. Really? Solely because they get now they get to stop being so conflicted about their own team. Okay. And I, I agree with that in a sense. I mean, obviously, I wish, <clears throat> as a basketball fan, it would have worked out because he could have helped that team a lot. Yeah. But it gives Timberwolves fans, all right, screw it, that whole thing's done. Mm-hmm. Now we just have the Timberwolves. Yeah. 
Good. Another guy that I think is a big winner in this, I think Dario Saric is going to have a very good role for them. You think? Like roles. Yes. I, I, like, I like Sark as a player, but I feel like he got overshadowed a lot because I feel like Ben Simmons was kind of in the same position as him. I feel like Sark has a good opportunity to be a, a go-to scorer for them. Fair. So I, I think that's good. That's a good fit for them. Uh, some of the other winners, obviously, Jimmy Butler, NBA fans. This one, this one makes me laugh. So there's a winner and a loser. Yeah. The winner, Tom Thibodeau, the coach. The loser, Tom Thibodeau, the basketball executive. I 100% Ooh. agree with this because Tibbs ultimately traded away Laurie Markkinen, Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, a second-round pick for Robert Covington and Dario Saric. Yeah, the, when you, you know what I mean? When you like, look at it that way, yeah. yeah it looks granted, bad. obviously, there's so many working pieces and, and things, but when you break it down, they traded away three well, Laurie Markkinen is going to be a star. Yes. Zach Levine is a ticket seller slash decent player. Right. Chris Dunn has potential to be very good. And mm-hmm. a second round pick could turn into a Jordan Clarkson. That is, a, that is that's true. Kuzma, yeah. You know what I mean? Obviously, I'm down the Laker rabbit hole so much that <laughs> it's okay. You think about it. Um, but yeah, for Robert Cumming and Darius Sarge, and they're both good, but Covington's not going to win you a championship. And no, Sarge has a lot of room to grow mm-hmm. in his professional career here, but I don't know. Um, you know what? Another loser in this, but could weirdly enough kind of be a winner too if he actually steps up now with this. Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, they say big winners: Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I don't know about big winners. I well, feel- it, it, it takes a target off their back in this situation. But the thing that um, the thing that I have a problem with about that calling them winners is there's a reason that. Derrick Rose has having good games and Jimmy Butler was playing well. I don't like, and we talked about this that Wiggins is is drastically gearing towards bust status for what he, he was traded for. He is, and that Carl Anthony Towns. Um, obviously, we've discussed this a decent amount. Yeah, I would still take him as the number one guy to start a franchise if Anthony Davis, Davis wasn't a thing. Yeah, yeah. Anthony, obviously Anthony Davis is the best. In, uh, mm-hmm. But when you're looking at Cat himself, like. He should be way more dominant. This might open the door for him to be more dominant, or this right. might, you know, stunt his growth. I don't know about st- stunning his growth necessarily because I, I feel like Cat seems to have the mindset that I feel like he could, he wants to be that go-to guy. He's easily watching him shoot a three-pointer is still something that just boggles my mind because <laughs> a guy that big should not be able to be good at that. But yeah. I, I do think with Cat's mindset, he's such a down-to-earth type of guy that I feel like this is going to force him to come out of his shell a little bit and be more I so. aggressive. I think this is a good thing for him. But Andrew Wiggins, though, we have talked about this before, where when he was at Kansas, he was described as the next big thing. There was a huge recruiting battle to try to get this guy. And I mean, when he was going to the league, everyone kind of assumed. I honestly assumed he could have been the next LBJ. Yeah. I really did. And watching him just kind of be stunted there, I don't know if it was just because he doesn't have that killer mindset that you want from yeah. that you want from him, but he really needs to come out big now because he is going to be relied upon way more now that you don't have Jimmy so, Butler to be a fallback guy. Which order are you going with uh, for the East when it comes down to the end of the season? Who's one, who's two, who's three, who's four? You know what sucks, um, too, what sucks too is that the Celtics and Sixers are in the same division. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that that's going to be fun. Um, I think right now, just because of the fact that Boston has been together longer, I would say Boston is one Phillies two. Oh, and Toronto's in that division too. Yeah. God. <laughs> God, the Atlantic all of a sudden just became such a such a marquee division yeah. all of a sudden. Jeez. Well, let me read it off right now. So so the number one team in the East is the Raptors. They're twelve and one. I think they'll they'll come down eventually, but I mean I, I could still yeah. see them maintaining that lead, but they number, gotta start playing the Sixers and the Celtics more. Number two, Bucks. Okay. Number three, seventy sixers, number four, Pacers. The Celtics are in six. Obviously no one's worried about it right now. No. But a team that I think could 
kind of come up and could actually surprise a lot of people right now are the Heat still. The Heat are always in that conversation to go along in the playoffs for no reason. They're always um, in great conditioning, too, and they got some really good young players. But I will say, I, I strongly feel like a trade is coming for the Magic, and I think Bradley Beal is going to be out of there sooner than later. Um, Wait, Beal, Beal plays for the Wizards. That's what I said. Well, who did I say? Magic. Oh, I'm sorry. There, uh, you understand the difference there. Mm-hmm. Uh, wizards do magic. <laughs> For the Wizards, thank you. I think Bradley Beal's out of there uh, quicker rather than later. Um, Was it a mistake giving him a max contract? No, but you know why? It's not a mistake to give anyone a max contract at the time because they obviously deserved it and they uh, are going to sell tickets and they're going to give an identity to that team. Right. The Wizards, I mean, the Wizards... We liked them with Gortat and obviously Nene, and they were good for a little while. And uh, mm-hmm. they're gonna have these runs in the playoffs. They don't look like a championship team to me. They never have. Yeah, you know what I mean. I love John Wall, but he's not the point guard. I'm. I would rather soon. Excuse me. I would soon rather give Kemba Walker a chance at a title than John Wall, just based off the fact that I think Kemba has never played to his fullest, and I think John Wall has. Kemba also, when you watch him play, you could tell that. He's kind of been forced for the longest time to be the predominant ball carrier and be the guy when he's not necessarily... I'm not trying to discredit Kemba Walker because he's a really good basketball player. But at the same time, though, I feel like he's on that like second-tier status of being an elite guy in the NBA. And I don't know if it's just because he's never had a good running mate with him or what, but he needs Probably a little bit of everything. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, it's just it's it's there's a lot of factors when it comes down to clutch gene yeah. in the NBA and a lot of things going on. Um, I will say this: he probably is about to go down as the best basketball player in Charlotte history. Yeah, yeah. It's probably. Yeah. I mean, the only guy I can think of off the top of my head is maybe Larry Johnson, but that's like it's fair. Um, yeah. I don't know. Let me Google that real quick. I mean, Muggsy Bogues possibly, but I feel like Bogues was kind of more of like a. I, think I would was, say uh, Bogues has to be in the conversation. Uh, Glenn Rice, Del Curry, Muggsy Bogues, Kemba Walker, Larry Johnson are their, the five. That's SwarmAndSting.com, mm-hmm. who is, I'm assuming, very hardcorely into the Hornets. I, I would assume so um, as well. I like that name, actually. They actually have Kemba at number one. Kemba okay. uh, averaging 18.9 points, five and a half assists mm-hmm. um, in his seven seasons. Yeah, I believe he's the all-time leading scorer for the Hornets now. Yeah. I would assume so, yeah. Yeah, no, he's easily. That's a good point, and I think Del Curry. Um, I think Dell's a funny situation because mm-hmm. I think he is definitely more liked and appreciated now because of what his son is doing mm-hmm. than how good he was. But he was a good player, right? You know what I mean? It's one of those things where yeah, he's he's more well known because of Steph, but mm-hmm. Dell was a good player. Mm-hmm. I think I'd rather have Grandmama on my team. Grandmama? Yeah, Grandmama. <laughs> I don't know. Mindset. <laughs> Mindset. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no. Uh, looking at the top order now um see here's the thing that confuses me about the the playoffs i mean you could still have the second place in your division doesn't get you a top three seed right unless you're i don't think you do right second place in your division wouldn't give you a top three yeah i mean there's well how many divisions are there well there's three divisions that's what i'm saying like so it's it wouldn't guarantee you a top three okay okay so but it's all by record at the end of the day at the end of the day okay okay so i think yeah it'll go I think Celtics and Sixers will both be up there at one and two. The Bucks, watching them play, I love the way that they're playing because like they have some very athletic defenders on their team and they're really like subscribing yeah. to Budenholzer's like mantra. I believe they're leading the NBA in threes and rebounds. Yeah, it's interesting. They're very not something we were expecting from them. I think we all looked at Giannis as like that that global superstar, but yeah. we weren't expecting the whole team to be as good as they are. Yeah. Um, so let me let me toss around a name here. Um, 
and the Bucks are second in points per game, second in rebounds per game, second in assists per game, mm-hmm. uh, fifth in blocks per game. They're not in steals, mm-hmm. and they're in fourth in field goal percentage. Um, also, love me some of Malcolm Brogdon, just saying. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. If you could add one player. So um, there's three more topics I want to get into. Okay. If And this one's going to be probably a little quicker. If you could add one player right now that is um, realistically able to be added to the 76ers that automatically gives them a championship, what kind of name would you toss around? Because I have one that's undeniable. And it has to happen now, and it's a championship waiting to happen. I don't know because I'm trying to think of what they got right now. They have you got Ben Simmons, you got. Here, I'll bring you, up the I'll bring up the roster. I was gonna say you got you got Embiid at you got Embiid at the center. You got Butler at the four. You, you got have Simmons. Fultz still. Mm. Um, wow, this website still has Dario, so that's not a real one. Yeah. Um, so right now they got Jared Bayless, uh, Jonah Bolden. Wilson Chandler, uh, this the NBA website still has Robert Covington. Please update this. Yeah, um, Joel and B, Markel Fultz, Demetrius Jackson, Amir Johnson, Forkin Cork, Corkmas, TJ McConnell, boy from Pittsburgh. Yeezer. Um, but JJ Redick. Well, they don't need shooters, that's for sure. Disagree. Really? Disagree. Okay. They need one shooter. Who might that be? Because I think they lost um, Covington who obviously is a forward, but he does a good outside game. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy's not going to be able to play the same position, so he will split time with Jimmer. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. He will God. split time with JJ because it's oh Jimmer for that. Oh, my God. It's Jimmer. It's Jimmer. It's Jimmer. Did you see his stats? Yeah, I saw the. I heard about the game he had. 75 oh, oh points. God. 75 points. Granted, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. It's in the China League. Blah, 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 blah. No. He freaked out on the Houston Rockets when they played. Mm-hmm. He was insane. He had 75 points, 40 points in the fourth quarter. That's crazy. Dude, this I- guy's the real deal right now, and I'm mad that he's not in the NBA. Okay. I would pay mad money to watch this dude. Okay, I will say this. If if Brad Wanamaker can go overseas and play himself into getting a good contract for the Boston Celtics, I think Jimmer Fredette can get some looks now. Jimmer is averaging 38.3 points a game. Like, I get it. I get it. That's the Chinese league. Um, if Michael Beasley can make a comeback, Jimmer can make a comeback. I, that dude's a bum. Yeah, you know what's crazy? You see a lot of NBA-level talent that, I mean, if they go overseas, if they put up ridiculous stats, someone will notice them. Someone will give them a chance. It won't be like a big contract or anything, but at the same time, though, like if you can put like I wonder a how much he's making, the Mormon Megalodon. Mm, I don't know, because you know what? It's kind of weird for the Chinese league, because they can overpay some guys over there. Yeah. And also, like, I remember there was some guy that used to play for the the Hawks that got, like, a ridiculous contract to play for the Greek League. He got, like, a like a limo, a house paid for by the <laughs> team, and, like, a private chef and all that stuff. It was I remember watching it on SportsCenter, like, a long time ago, but it was really good. I'd take, I'd take a lot of that oh, stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, okay, so that was the one storyline I want to get to because, obviously, Jimmer's a god. I thought what he's he, doing I is unbelievable. I thought you were going to go for Jimmer, but I couldn't tell at first. Well, I said Jimmer instead of JJ, but yeah, yeah dude, I, I, Jimmer's yeah, a god. When you said one guy, I kind of thought, oh, crap, did he see the Jimmer line? I knew I was going to hear something about this. Heck, but. yeah. All right, the next storyline, because <laughs> there's two more I want to get to on the NBA because it was actually a busy weekend. Um, apparently, it looks like the Houston Rockets have decided to pick a scapegoat. And it is none other than the NBA League scapegoat, Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> they are reportedly supposed to split ways and leave Melo. Um, a lot of people are speculating that Melo is going to go overseas, this and that, that he's a cancer. Uh, I think Okay, so a lot of NBA players are mad because they say Melo deserves more respect. I disagree. I don't think he does. Um, I think he's a good player. Yep. I think he's uh, he's going to be in like... 
the range of players that I get to say I watched play, mm-hmm. but the percentage for the Nuggets, everything won, everything skyrocketed after he left. It's that is if very he's, true. If he wasn't going to capitalize on the year that Jeremy Lin was having Lin's sanity, then there's just nothing productive for Carmelo going down the stretch. I don't think a team like he's not going to add you anything that's going to win you a championship unless he goes to Golden State. Or, you know what I mean? He's Which, just there. I would not be surprised if that happens. Oh, actually, I really wouldn't. So what? This is the big thing about this, because I, I do agree with you. I remember watching the Nuggets after they traded away Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. They were, and the, and granted, the Nuggets are were always in that ninth and eighth spot in the West, which is just brutal because it's so, so yep. tough to yeah, do well. It's, it's tough to do well in the West. So it's not a knock on the Nuggets for not making the playoffs. It's just because they're, they're in a tough position. But like, even when Carmelo Anthony went to um, the Knicks, I remember it being such a huge deal, and the Garden got sold out and all this stuff. But he... He alone could not do well. I think I remember them being in the playoffs maybe once. Well, he's he's he tries to be Kobe. That's that's who he arguably would emulate the most in my mind because he wants to be the guy that gets the ball. He wants to take the last shot. He wants to be the name on the franchise. Mm-hmm. But he's just not there. What is it about him that is just makes him not ball dominance without success? Okay. You know what I mean? He demands the ball. And I, I, I definitely, this is an outsider looking in. Like, I'm sure Melo does things on and off the court that are very welcomed in an NBA franchise, but Melo needs the ball to succeed. He's not good at defense. You know what I mean? Anymore, at least. He's not that good at defense. Yeah. He's not good at off the ball running. He needs the ball to succeed. And you can't have a guy like that in the NBA anymore. That is a absolute dead breed. There is no longer that player. Am I in the wrong, too, for thinking that over the last maybe, even in his prime, I don't think he was in the best athletic shape? That's fair. Yeah, because like, his, his best year was probably at Syracuse. Yeah, like I, I don't remember him ever looking like a you know an elite level athlete. Yeah. He always kind of was a little heavier for my for. Wow, what Greg, fat shaming here first. Chance I'm yet. sorry, dude. There's just something. <laughs> there was something about Mello that just well, kind of. I mean, John Wall came in overweight, so it's something about money, man. Yeah, that's that's very true. But no, and and credit to Carmelo Anthony, he definitely capitalized on his name. I mean, he made a ton of money in the NBA. He, I think I, he might have won a scoring title. I think. When he was in the NBA, at least once, I don't know, off the top of my head. But I think him going overseas would be a great thing because I think it could help expand, you know. Yeah, but once he goes overseas, he's done in the NBA. You think? Yeah. Once once Carmelo Anthony, a guy like Melo, goes overseas, he's done. He's it, never coming back into the NBA. That's just like, a fact. It's kind of like the Stefan Marbury thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hey, it worked out for Marbury. He's got a statue for him over in uh, China. True. Yeah, so I mean, hell. I wouldn't a lot mind. of people forget that Melo played for the Thunder, too. So oh, let's see. Oh, man, I forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> Which was just last year. It but, was supposed to be a big um, three with him, Paul George, and Russ. Yeah, I mean, uh, his rookie season was 0-3, so he's been around a while, but he, you know what he is? You know what he is, and I'll stand by this statement? Okay. The greatest U.S. basketball player of all time. Oh, absolutely. Over, on, on, the, on the world stage. He has um, one, two, three golds, a bronze, a bronze in the world championship, and a gold in the America's championship. He... Um, Melo was one of the guys, and it's funny because he was uh, a third overall pick, obviously, 10-time NBA All-Star, second-time All-NBA uh, scoring team, or second team. Jeez, why can't I talk today? Mm-hmm. NBA scoring champion in 2013. Um, and he was the rookie challenge MVP, which I was love to throw out there. Mm-hmm. But I think Melo was the guy that learned the rules of European basketball quicker than anyone on the team because once a shot hits the rim, you can touch it. So it's, it's, a, it's a rule that like a lot of people don't know. 
if the shot hits the rim in the NBA and it's still above the rim, mm-hmm. it, you can't touch it. It's goaltending. Right. In European leagues and what the world championships use, if the ball hits the rim and it's above the rim, you can swat it out and grab it. I've seen him do it like 10 times in a couple games. When other guys are standing there waiting for the rebound because he read up on the rules. He knew what he could do. Hmm. So it hit the rim. He'd go up, smack it out. Um, his knowledge in those situations just never seemed to correlate over to the NBA for me. Granted, I'm not a huge basketball guy when it comes to actual knowledge of the sport playing it. Um, So it's one of those things where it's like, I I don't know if there was a huge disconnect or what, but, uh, you know. You know what, that's interesting, because then maybe that right there could be a good thing for him if he goes to the EuroLeague, and if his game translates better to that, it might be able to work out for him. Because even if you, even if we've we've talked about this before on on basket on basketball love story, they talk about the Euroleague. I do. And, I still need to see that. Yeah, they talk about the Euroleague being more of a finesse type of game, and they talk about it how it influenced the the players of today now. So if you think about it, Melo could actually do very well there. I mean, in terms of you know passing, that's still a work in progress. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if he thinks he could do well, I give him credit. You got to follow the money. Yeah, true. Okay, the last NBA topic I want to talk about is something near and dear to my heart. It is, um, I don't know, and I'm going to try and pull it up while I talk about this, but did you see anything, and this is not what I'm going to talk about, but it's a transition, about the Lakers picking up Tyson Chandler? I did not, actually. So the Lakers picked up Tyson Chandler um, off of the decision that LeBron James called in a favor to the Suns GM to have him, like, to make it easier for the Lakers to acquire him. Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying a current player called an executive for a team and asked for a favor so that his team could get them? Yeah. And let me let me see if I can find that article because that's there's a rumor is what it says that on Yahoo Sports is the one we're clicking right now. James called in favor with Suns GM to get Tyson Chandler released. Not bullying out Chandler until after the trade deadline was the plan. Or not buying out Chandler until the trade deadline was the plan. Until LeBron called in a favor. It's no coincidence that the facilitator was Suns Vice President of Basketball Operations, James Jones. A close friend and former teammate of LeBron James. They could have bought him out of the trade deadline and gotten great leadership and mentoring for two-thirds of the season, rival executive. But LeBron wanted him now. So James Jones, the guy that has been to almost as many finals as LeBron James because he sits on the end of the bench as a shooter, is now the VP of basketball operations for the Suns, and LeBron called him to have them cut Chandler now so that he could join the Lakers. And this is the type of stuff that makes me hate the NBA sometimes. It's it's and and I mean I mean like what is that why is there even like an entire scouting and executive department then players should essentially run the entire teams then from well, this perspective this all goes back to 2008 Greg where players decided that and I'm not it's not a bad thing for them to decide this but when players said hey we now are deciding what happens in the NBA. You know what's funny? James Jones actually might have more appearances than LeBron because James Jones, I think, was on the team with Dwayne Wade and Shaq when they won. That's a good point. Yeah. And he came to Cleveland. Dude, oh, it's just it's one of those things where, okay, so that's not even that's not even the part that makes me mad. All I'm addressing that about is and Tyson Chandler had a goaltender or goaltending last night that wasn't called that won the game for the Lakers. Trey Young tossed up a floater, mm-hmm. he hit it on the way down. No one called it. We won the game. Okay. The article I want to get to, the article that I was very disturbed by seeing, the article that um, pisses me off as a Lakers fan. Okay. Title, LeBron James, quotations, I almost cracked 
during Lakers' early season struggles. Basically, the entire article was about how LeBron James, he said, I almost cracked last week. I had to sit back and remind myself, explicit, you knew what you were getting yourself into. The process has been good to me. I just have to continue being patient. What a piece of shit. (laughs) What a piece of shit. I've given LeBron, since my initial arguments about being mad at LeBron, whatever, I've I've turned from a hater to a disliker. Yeah, and it's not even. a piece of shit. And it's not even because of you being a Laker fan. You were just willing to give him kind of the benefit of the doubt. But, dude, what? Like, what? Yeah. That's not a good luck at all. You're telling me you went through the headache of the Kyrie trade. You went through the initial Cleveland Cavaliers. You went through the breakup of the Heat. You went through JR ruining it last year. You go up all these things. Mm-hmm. And what makes you almost crack is the fact that a team of young stars and a young coach that you go to bring in a bunch of wily veterans who arguably no one else wanted. Right. And you're not doing well. Mm-hmm. That makes you, What is your crack? I, LeBron James, that is the thing. What is your, your oh no, I cracked. What are you going to do? Are you going to quit? Are you going to retire? Like, really? What is your big trump card there? I want to know, how is it that after all the stuff he's been through, the, that is the thing that is gonna ma- that made him crack? Like, what a douche. How? How in the world could being on a team with a lot of young stars that you knew what you were getting into? He, he didn't he, make this move for basketball. This was to buy movies. Yeah, like this is insane. How did he not? It, it, first off, if he wanted to be on a team that was all going to be about him, he should have just gone to the goddamn Clippers. Should have stayed at Cleveland. Should have stayed in Cleveland, yes. But if he wanted to be in LA, so yeah, bad, he should have just gone to the Clippers. Then he would have been the entire person there. But like, what the heck? No, like, oh my god. See that you you read one thing that yeah. made me pissed off about the NBA. Now I completely understand your yeah. perspective of why you're angry. Like that's insane. Yeah, it, it's just it's it's one of those things where you look at it and they're basically talking about um, things are turning around now. And, By the way, is this what Brian one horse just out curiosity? No, this article is on Bleacher Report. Really, uh, written okay. by Joseph Zucker. Okay. Um, do not know who Zucker is. Totally fine with that. Um, but it's just one. It's like, dude, the Cavs started five and seven in the 2014-15 season, his right. first year back. Mm-hmm. And James told reporters he was intentionally letting some of the team's young players sink or swim on their own <laughs> to break them oh out of bad habits they had God. developed. At that time, though, James probably wasn't feeling the same pressure to deliver as he is now in LA. Nobody re- bon- like nobody reasonably expects the Lakers to contend for a title, but finishing eighth in the West Conference would be a disappointment. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean not the same amount of pressure? You literally okay. His first season back with Cleveland, they literally had an entire campaign yep. about his return and about the city of Cleveland putting them on his back and trying to win a ring for Cleveland. How in the world is your first year as a Laker that much more pressure than previously? Yep. How? I mean, what? Just because he's not... Yeah, he has a legacy to live up to because the Lakers have always had great players. But for God's sakes, you were playing on a team that you were in the same position as when you were when you returned to Cleveland. Dude, I that makes me so, so angry. Just wow. so... As, a, as a, like, a legitimate Lakers fan and a fan of the NBA, I don't understand a way that... Like, why does that... Why is that okay now? He let rookies sink or swim in their own to break them out of bad habits when he came back from Cleveland. That is fine. Yeah. Whatever. You came back to win a ring there. Whatever. You went to L.A. Mm-hmm. to train these young guys, be a Laker, yep. work in the movies, mm-hmm. live in L.A., all totally whatever, man, totally L.A. things. And now you're telling me that you're going to crack from the pressure 
of having young guys around you. Yeah. You brought in Wiley veteran. Nobody could tell me that Rondo is still an elite guard. Rondo is no. a good veteran. No. No one's going to tell me that Lance Stevenson's elite guard forward. He no. is a good veteran. No. JaVel McGee's a bum. Yeah. Tyson Chandler is a mediocre center. Yep. He was at one time an NBA champion, and I have all the respect for Chandler because I really, really like Tyson Chandler. Come on now. Bullshit. Would they have? Would the Lakers have made any of those moves if LeBron wasn't there? No, never, ever, ever, never, never, ever. Like, like that's insane. I, I, this is like something that is a give and take with LeBron James. LeBron James as a person is a great human being. We yep. we've, we've we talked say about this. that every day. We say this every day. But this makes me really rethink LeBron James, the basketball player just pisses me off dude why like why why do you have to come out and say that why do you have to do all these things it is so freaking annoying and to honestly the the thing that he's doing that makes me the most mad is the uh i mean it has to be the luke walton stuff yeah luke walton is we have talked about this before you more so than me because you're you're a laker fan i enjoy luke walton as a coach have the have the lakers not made the playoffs since he's been there Yes, that is fairly accurate. But the Lakers, to your credit, for the last few years have been in a rebuilding phase. They've been that way for a while now. They have a lot of young guys that he is intentionally that he is teaching. Yeah. So you bring LeBron James in, and I mean, I I can understand why some of the the methods might clash a little bit because Walton is more about teaching, and LeBron wants to win. Well. You got to have some sort of give and take here, because otherwise yours is going to be butting heads. You're going to be butting heads eventually. You need to understand what's happening. Yeah, that's it. Like it's uh, for him to come out and say that he almost cracked is the most annoying thing I've ever seen in my freaking life, dude. Yeah, I almost cracked. Get out of here. You know what you signed up for. Right. You're here because of a reason, Mm -hmm. and it's just ah, I want to freak out, man. Yeah. No, I don't blame you. I would be very upset if I'm a Laker fan. I'm upset as a basketball fan. The fact that you have a the first story is what really got me heated, just for the fact that we now have players who are essentially dictating executives to be able to do oh, them absolutely. favors. That's ridiculous. You would never see that in any sport. Any sport. Hell, Tom Brady could not try to get Bill Belichick to make a move on his own. Bill Belichick does moves for what he wants. So, get out of here. Get out of here. It's just, dude, when I, when I read that, I was like, I literally am so mad. To the point where it's... it's it doesn't make sense, and everyone's going to be like, honestly, I know this for a fact because I'm going to get a lot of flack for all this stuff. People are going to say, well, you know, why aren't they playing better and LeBron this, LeBron that? It's like, no, 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 no. He knew he was signing up to a team that was young and still a little bit of ways. Like, it's so unbelievably frustrating that this is even a conversation. Here's, here's a good question for you in all seriousness. By this time next year, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram. What are the odds that all four of them are still on the Lakers by this time next year? Bad right now. Like this, I, <laughs> Right now, that's bad because they're going to trade away a piece, which is probably going to be Ingram or something like that, mm-hmm. to just squeeze into the playoffs. And me and you have talked about this before when it comes to lottery picks, man. They take longer to develop. Yeah. Some of them, some of them aren't great right out the get-go, and that's okay because your body takes time to develop and this stuff. Brandon Ingram still looks like a stick. So it takes time to develop, and they're going to ruin it. All right. Well, I'm... I'm I mean, I'm going to put, I'm going to, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to write an article on it about it or something. You know, by all and means. maybe I'll finally write an article. You got you to spew, spew some venom right now, it man. You're heated. This is me off. Dude. Yeah. All right, so let's break into some football. Talk about football, Greg. All right. Uh, this is this was kind of a weird weekend for me because I was still driving back from Somerset, so I missed a bit. But uh-huh. I would be remiss if I didn't 
uh, say a couple of things from the ones that I did see. Number one, I was not expecting Tennessee to beat the Patriots like they did. Dude, Vrabel's Vrabel's a real deal, man. Yeah, I mean, and also (laughs) it reminded me of what Marcus Mariota's potential is as a quarterback. He, He looked... He looked like he was a capable starting quarterback. Yeah, so he, I have a question for you. Okay, go ahead. Um, who are you rather taking to lead your team into the future, Dak Prescott or Marcus Mariota? Mariota. Okay. I think I think Prescott's a product of a solid offensive line and an elite running back. Fair. Um, not not to say I don't like Dak Prescott because I, I loved Dak Prescott when he was at Mississippi State, but I oh, feel agreed, like agreed. But I feel like. I feel like him being in that situation in Dallas just kind of made him above and beyond more than he actually is. Yeah, cool with that. So yeah, I, I would still take Mariota. I think Mariota's more has more of a leadership role. You can, I don't know. I just the Cowboys just annoy me. <laughs> the Cowboys annoy they annoy everybody though. Man. Yeah, I. And you're not the outlier there. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, man. Jason Garrett probably might have saved his job this weekend. After, you think after beating the Eagles? Yeah. I mean, I think he saved his job by just being friends with Jerry Jones because Jerry's not going to get rid of him. But I agree with you. Yeah, that you no, know, he saved his job there. Um, a couple other stuff that I noticed from this weekend. Um, the Saints offense is disgusting. Oh, it's I so think, elite. I, I think we. It, there's no denying that. Yeah, it's so elite. Yeah. Um. Another one that really caught my attention, the Colts, man. Andrew Luck looks Ooh, like he's yeah. Really? Andrew Luck looks. It is like nice to he, see him playing football again. It is nice. My question is, do you actually think the Colts have a chance to make the playoffs? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the AFC wildcard position is kind of very. It's very like all over the place right now, so I wouldn't be surprised if they do. I don't see them winning the division just because Houston six and three right now. I mean, granted, you can see some solid second half runs come in the come into this, but Houston from offense to defense, they're they're the most complete team. You think? Yeah, compa- I, I don't disagree. I'm com- just it's a it's com- a compared, stake. compared to the rest of the AFC South. Uh, I think the offense still relies too much on Andrew Luck's arm because Eric Ebron's having the having probably the biggest career Dude, here. I love the fact that I have a guy from Detroit at work mm-hmm. and watching his face when I talk about how good Eric Ebron is. Because, like, <laughs> it's just so funny, man, because Ebron was an absolute, complete, utter bust for the Lions. Yep. Was terrible. Was just all-around pathetic. Mm-hmm. And has been one of the best tight ends in football this year. You know what's weird? I think it's just a history of tight ends not working out with them because Brandon Pettigrew didn't work out for them either. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know if it's just Stafford just doesn't rely on tight ends as much, but yeah, it was. It's kind of surprising that Ebron didn't turn out well. Um, I think they have a very. I think the Colts have also a great core running backs. They have some different guys there: Marlon Mack, Naeem Hines, and it's a nice balance. Even Jordan Wilkins, yeah. yeah. Their defense is still really young, and and that and that's why I love Chris Ballard. Man, he has a young team with him. I would not be surprised if they make the wild card, but it's going to be an uphill climb because I still think they have some some roadblocks ahead of them. Fair, yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, this, I thought it was a good weekend of football. Honestly, I love watching the Saints do well. Mm-hmm. Um, we still got into the entire argument of uh, it's it's so funny to me because I know he doesn't listen to this because he thinks he knows sports, but Brett brings up this argument mm-hmm. that he he at the beginning of the year drafted Kamara and McCaffrey. And his cousin drafted Gordon and Zeke. And he thinks that he is the biggest fantasy football guru because he took those two instead of Gordon and Zeke. My argument to him was, this is the dumbest argument in sports. This this argument doesn't even make sense. And for those two to have, or those four guys, that league must be a pile of dog shit. Yeah. That is, those are my takeaways. 
and it's this giant conversation about how um, apparently the numbers two and eight are better than seven and nine, which is true, obviously. But that is the dumbest. I absolutely hate that style of sports talk. When it gets down to like, you're literally mincing like hairs at yeah. this point. What a shit league you must be a part of. <laughs> yeah. For two people to have all four of those guys. Yeah, you have to. I first off, I mean PPR mindset. I mean Kamara and McCaffrey are two first round picks easily. There's that right there. And then yeah. and then if you have Gordon, who's an elite running back, he well, would be top there. You think about it. So Zeke or Gordon, mm-hmm. probably Zeke was taken in the top six. Right. If this is a 12-person league, right. Kamara was probably taken in the top five. You're telling me that McCaffrey and Gordon are the guys that looped the entire way around the end of a draft and back. That's like, amazing. You've that, got to be kidding me. That's some people overanalyzing some receivers there, Dude, if anything. get out of here. There's no Who way. took Aaron Rodgers in the first round? That's what I want to know. There's always someone who takes a quarterback way too high. Well, I don't mind it because people are like, well, I wanted him, so I got him. I'm like, totally cool, but mm-hmm. when you give me your money at the end of the year... I, did, I told you so. Yeah. <sighs> Man, do we even want to talk about tonight's Monday night game? Man? Yeah, let's it's, talk about it. It's going to be ugly. Let's talk about it a little bit, Greg. Who do we got tonight? Uh, we got the Giants and the 49ers. I think it'll be good, man. Mullen. I think he'll go for yeah. 7,000 yards. Yeah. How about how about Nick Mullen? Dude, man? Coming out of nowhere. Unbelievable. Whew. He, just made, he made John Gruden look like an idiot last Thursday. It was yeah, cool. true. It was, it was ugly. And <laughs> what kind of sucks about the the Giants is I, I thought this was going to be the debut of Kyle Loretto, but unfortunately he pulled. Yeah, that is actually a really interesting conversation. You know what's funny? He pulled a me because I did the exact same thing when I was driving back from Chicago to go to a rest stop. I like veered out. I veered off because I actually made my turn too early because I thought that was the exit to get to an off ramp. No way. Yeah. Now what what exactly happened? Break it down a little bit because maybe some people didn't hear it. So or... disc- so oh so the actual thing. So yeah, Kyle yeah, Le- apparently was um, he wasn't intoxicated. I want to make that point clear. Yeah. It wasn't like it wasn't a DUI or anything. No, it wasn't a DUI or anything. But apparently he. I Which guess, makes it weirder. Yeah, I, I think the story was that he was driving on like a um, on like a construction area or something, and made just like a and made like a bad turn, and then as he was trying to leave, got into an argument with I don't know if it was construction people or like another car or something like that. Yeah, but like police got involved, he got arrested for disorderly conduct or something like that. So crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah, so the guy who literally was going to be Eli Manning's backup and was probably going to get a start. Well, he of- was, he was, and and Greg and I obviously and do a lot of draft stuff. He was one of the guys that they were saying is going to be a very under the radar awesome pick. Yeah, uh, Richmond Spiders, I believe actually. Yep. But yeah, I <laughs> that's not happening because I feel like there's no way he's going to play it all now. No, no, hundred percent, no, absolutely not. So that that's out the window. So we're going to see. So another, basically, Eli was the cop. Most we're, likely. Yeah, we're going to see another six weeks of Eli Manning just like floundering and watching his career just kind of go. Yeah, honestly. Here's a question: Is Eli Manning done? Um, define done. Done as in. Okay, I'll put it in two parts. Done as in like he should retire after this year. And done as in he is no longer a capable starting quarterback in the NFL. He will not retire. He should not retire. Okay. He is done being a quarterback that can take you to the Super Bowl. And I think the Giants have not realized that yet because the way they're using him and destroying him behind that line is terrible. But he is a guy... Here's the situation. He's a guy that's going to be put on a team with a young quarterback, and the young quarterback's going to get hurt or something. He's a guy that can win you playoff games still. He is still a quarterback. Now, that, that offensive line is one of the worst in football. Yes. Um, 
if anything doesn't prove that it's the worst in football, it's the fact that Saquon Barkley is not leading rookies in rushing yards. Yeah. Um, and, 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 well, to say this about his talent, though, Saquon Barkley's still putting up really good numbers. Amazing though. numbers. But he's not lead. He, Nick Chubb has more rushing yards than him. Yeah. And Nick Chubb has not been given the opportunities Barkley has. Mm-hmm. Barkley's been given the ball every down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, now, I don't think Eli's not done in that sense. He's done being a quarterback. He's done being the guy that beat Tom Brady twice. But he's not done being maybe something better. I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to like pick hairs either on this, but I feel like part of that argument about him beating Brady was kind of overrated cuz I feel like that defense had a huge Well, I mean, yeah, that. but they were underdogs in both of them and that was the undefeated Brady team. That was nobody, true. I mean, granted obviously some people did, but almost nobody thought they that Brady team could lose, especially to that Giants. I team. didn't think they were going to be in the second time either. I thought for sure that the yeah. Patriots were going to win that game just alone because of the revenge thing. Agreed, man. Yeah. Agreed. Um it just kind of sucks cuz like I feel like when you watch him play, you could tell that he's just He's just, he's got a, he's like over the hill. Oh, absolutely. He so is. Yeah. And, it, and it's sad to watch because you know it was a guy that, this was a former number one overall pick. This was a guy who was a franchise quarterback. Yeah. He did so much for them. And just seeing him play so badly and not even have a line that can protect him is just brutal. Where does he rank all time? Oof. Uh, that's tough. I, I don't put him, I don't put him top 10. I mean, no, God, I, no, I could, no. I could maybe make an argument for top fifteen, but that's that that's going to be like stretching it a bit. So I, I'd say he's top twenty. All right, that's, let's see. So I don't even. This is called desert the news. I don't trust them. Yeah, but let's look at their list. Okay. Okay. Well, I definitely don't trust them. They've autogram it too, which is okay. <laughs> I mean, so they have Joe Montana, uh, Joe Montana autogram, Johnny Unitas, Tom Brady at four, okay. Peyton Manning at five. Mm-hmm. John Elway at six, okay. Mourinho at seven, okay. uh, Favre at eight, Steve Young at nine, All right. Sammy Bach from TCU, that's old head, yeah, well. Bart Starr 11, okay. uh, da, 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 da. Roger Starbuck, then Drew Brees. I'm going to stop reading names until we get to yeah. Terry Bradshaw 16, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers 19, mm. <sighs> Troy Aikman 20, Yeah. Jim Kelly 21, that is, this is a, I mean, ooh. Kurt Warner, 24. I don't mind that. Yeah. It's a lot of old heads that I would obviously never know about. Jan Namath, who <laughs> I historically took in a draft of all-time players, and he has more interceptions than completions, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He's famous for one game, man. That's all that matters. Yep. Call it a shot. Eli, 34. Woo! Ken Stabler's right in front of him. Um, and right after Eli is Ben Roethlisberger. Wow, that's really low for Roethlisberger. Yeah, I think there's still years to be played, and I think... That's true. I feel like if Roethlisberger wins another ring, then he'll probably be a little higher. So let me... Yeah. Okay, let's do this game. Um, In the all-time span of quarterbacks, whose career would you rather have you have? Okay. Um, Eli Manning or Ben Roethlisberger? Oh, Ben Roethlisberger. Eli Manning or... Steve McNair? Probably Eli. Eli Manning or Philip Rivers? That's the ultimate question. Wow. Would you rather go down as one of the greatest of a generation candidates, but no Super Bowls, or go down as a pretty good in two Super Bowls? That's like that's like that'd be the same as Eli Eli versus Dan Marino. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Um. That's tough, but I I feel like I would I feel like I'd still want the rings. Because what, su- yeah. what sucks about Philip is... You don't want the 17 kids? Yeah, <laughs> we've won the 17 kids. What sucks about Philip Rivers is that he had some really bad teams around him. What about Tony Romo or Eli? Eli. Really? Yeah. 
it's fair. I feel bad the for Tony. I feel bad for Tony. I love him as an analyst, but like when I watched him play, it, sometimes he just looked like he was running for his life. Eli or Eli or Drew Bledsoe. Hmm. Still take Eli. Yeah, I'm taking Eli on that yeah, one. Yeah, I'd, st- I'd still take Eli just because did Bledsoe win a ring? Yes, but Brady was the reason for that. Yeah, Brady so, came in yeah. and marked it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's so funny. Eli Manning, man, what a shell. What yeah, you know. Shell. Yeah, you know what's funny? I'm taking Eli more than I should, which I would not have expected me to. Um, no, I mean that's not bad. I mean he's a Manning, and he's 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 he is arguably one of the best ever to do something. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's obviously never a bad thing. He um, he technically should have more rings than Peyton. He would have less rings if he actually went to the Chargers. You think? And Philip Rivers would have three. That's my take on that. You know what? That's actually a, that's a good point because I, the Chargers are just always a mess every year. Not just because of like, not just because of the team they build, but like from ownership down. If you don't have yeah. stable ownership, then you're 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 kind of screwed. Yeah. So I that's my take, and it's I mean, well, no, because he wouldn't have gone to the Giants. Big Ben would have, and we would have got Philip Rivers. Yeah, we would have. And we, I I say Philip has four rings with us. Ben has three with the Giants, and Eli has uh has none. Zero. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I forgot about that too yeah. because we were gonna take Philip, and then Ben. Would... So we liked Philip Rivers. He was our our number one quarterback in that draft. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chargers liked Eli, and the Giants liked Ben. Mm-hmm. The Chargers obviously couldn't draft Eli because he was gonna sit out and be a little biatch. Right. So the Giants said, "Hey, we really, really want that guy." Mm-hmm. Um, and then they did the Philip Rivers and Eli swap, and we were kind of stuck, even though he's arguably the greatest Steeler quarterback ever. Um, yeah, what's weird is that I'm pretty sure Coward didn't even won. Coward didn't want to draft Ben. It was, uh, yeah. I think it was Art. I think it was Rooney who. Well, you're you're, you're drafting. I mean, so I have an article written that I got to post tonight, basically about how stability makes us the greatest football team, um, compared to who they call our rivals. Yeah. Like it's a it's a whole article because they fired. So the the Browns fired their defensive coordinator. There, I mean, um, head coach. The Bengals. The Bengals oh. fired their defensive coordinator. The Browns hired. Or fired head coach and yeah. offensive coordinator, dude. I okay. And so, the Ravens are on the verge of firing Jim John Harbaugh, yes. which would be a huge mistake for them. You think? Yes, I don't. Really? They have been so stagnant. You know what? The biggest mistake they've ever done is to call Joe Flacco elite. And if you yeah. ever have to question if your quarterback is elite, he's not. Yeah, that is when, it. That is it. That, no, that the the Super Bowl win might have been the worst thing that happened to their future stability. Because paying him them, was terrible. It forced them to give them that huge contract when he shouldn't have. No, paying Joe Flacco was a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I write in the article basically that I break down each team. Um, and actually here, I'll, I'll go through just some of the key points of it because I will post it tonight, but just because it's about each team and I, I want you to hear, I give them, I give them a benefit of the doubt in a decent way. Okay. Um, because I start with the Browns who I, you know, they're going to be good. The Browns are going to be good. The problem with the Browns is historically they're not stable. Right. And that comes with quarterback, that comes with front office, that comes with head coach, that comes basically in every realm of the word stable. Yeah. Um, so I wrote in for the Browns, like, I can speak for everyone, it's time for the Browns just to be good. Like, the joke's over, we've had our laughs, it's time for them to actually be good. Right. Um, and, you know, just as a reminder, Baker's playing like a number one quarterback, right. Nick Chubb is looking like the steal of the draft, mm-hmm. and Denzel Ward is has three interceptions and a really good pass to incompletion ratio. Yeah, this is John Dorsey's first draft, and it looks like it's going pretty well. Yeah, John Dorsey also, though, I put up a good point. I Well, <laughs> I think everything I say is a good point because I'm a jag off. Um, <laughs> no, John Dorsey is doing too well, and he is too good at his job for his name to be drugged through the mud by Hugh Jackson. 
John Dorsey is also the guy who put that entire Kansas City team right now together. Yeah. That is eight and one. Dude, I'm telling you right now, he is too good to let Hugh Jackson, who has been terrible, mm-hmm. be part of his regime. That's why it happened, in my opinion. Okay. John Dorsey said, "Look, um, you know, I have all these young guys here because I wanted them." Hugh basically went on ESPN and said it was lack of talent is the reason he got fired. Like Dorsey no, was like, "No, nah, screw that." No way, no way, dude. It, he's he's just stupid. Yeah. I, I I'm so glad he's out of there. I'm the also re- also but, credit to John Dorsey too. He didn't just immediately promote Todd Haley either. He let go of Todd Haley too. No, you had to. Yeah, Todd wasn't part of his regime either. No, and Greg isn't. But you got to keep somebody. That's true. So, um, but no, I talk about that a little bit, and I say you do see a glimmer of hope. Uh, in some point, the guy they have, you know, is going to be something. Yeah, and they also have a guy named Miles Garrett. And it's freaking good. And also, this is the first time ever that the Cleveland Browns' job becomes such a... Bruce Arians. Lock it in. It looks like a job that people want, which is something that you haven't seen in a long time. So then I get down to the Ravens, and I I say, honestly, if you have to ask your quarterback is elite, he just isn't. Right. Uh, Joe Flacco did help the team get to a Super Bowl in the back of a good defense, but the money crippled them moving forward. Right. Um, They have drafted fairly well with guys like Ronnie Stanley, Marlon Humphrey, and my personal favorite, Lamar Jackson. Yep. But they lack the large weapons to be successful when you pay the quarterback that money. Right. Um, Basically, you get Harbaugh on the hot seat every week, it seems, because the team can't do anything. Mm -hmm. And you're signing old guys like Willie Sneed and Michael Crabtree, who, although good, aren't the future. Right. Yeah, and they also have technically a new GM now. They don't have yep. um, who's the guy? Uh, oh, damn, who was the who was their long term like GM for like the longest time? I have no idea. I don't have top of my like, head. You know, he was like he used to be a tight end for the Browns or something. I can't remember his name. He was the guy who always drafted the Alabama players. Former Ravens GM Ozzie, Ozzie Newsom. Newsom. Yeah. yeah, this was Ozzie Newsom's last year too. Uh, Eric DaCosta was the guy that took over for them starting this year. Well, then I wouldn't be surprised if Harbaugh's done because that's not their coach. That's true. That's a very common thing. Is that that's not my guy? That's not my coach. That's not my quarterback. Yeah, but it's weird too because DaCosta came up through the Ravens system too, so I feel like he had to have some sort of relationship there. Fair. Well, then he's definitely getting rid of Joe Flacco. Yeah, they don't draft a guy like Lamar Jackson and trade up for him if they're not. Um, so then you get down to the Bengals. Wow, for a team that looks so promising every year, is it possible that the Bengals are actually behind the Browns in a five-year window of success? Starting right now, I would guarantee—I would put money on it that the Browns have better numbers across the board from now into five years. Here's something I would love to know. Yeah. Who is their general manager? Oh, I don't even know that. Yeah. Whoever the Bengals' general manager is, he has done such a great job. Mike Brown. Mike Brown? Okay. I thought Mike Brown was like the owner. Yeah, it does say owner. But it says slash general manager. He's the general manager too. Wow. American football executive and the owner of the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know. Go ahead. Keep. I'll find another. Okay. One. I was gonna say whoever is the actual general manager of the Bengals, they run a great job with scouting and developing because they can find some good players. They really can. They have talent all over the place. Yeah. But yet, for some reason. For some reason, their coaching is just pathetic. Pathetic. And why, why is he still a head coach? I just feel like... I feel like every time he's on the verge of getting fired, there's just something that... I don't know if Mike Brown just has a loyalty to him because I, I can understand some sort of loyalty yeah. to it because he. I don't know if they want to emulate the Steelers in that way by you know wanting to keep stability moving forward, but all that. But here's the thing, yeah. though. With the Steelers... You saw success. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I get not wanting to fire head coach and go through all that hassle and stuff like that, but y- you got to move on eventually well, if nothing's so working. So, 
Mike Brown, the job is uh, the job of general manager, is taken on by a combination of head coach Marvin Lewis, owner Mike Brown, executive vice president Katie Blackburn, and director of player operations Duke Tobin. It's a four-person job for their wow. GM. That's terrible. That's too much. Um, so I go into the article a little bit more where I talk about, yeah, like, they found some gems in the draft. Obviously, Tyler Boyd, the most productive pit player of all time. Um, you look at Joe Mixon, who is he? Go ahead. Tony Dorsett. Is he? For receiving-wise? Oh, receiving? Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. I did say that wrong. I then, said most productive. I'm talking about on the receiving end of the football, he beat Larry Fitzgerald's numbers. Yeah, that's true. He did. That's why. You know, okay. and, and yeah, I'm not true. saying that with a light head. Like, No, no, no. The, you're, you're right then. In his college career, yes. Howard Boyd actually, production-wise. But receiver, you're Yeah, receiver-wise, yes. Um, so let's get into a little bit, you know. The Bengals need to um, – basically what – okay, here, here's some stats for you. So the Bengals are 5-4. and four. They're mm-hmm. in second place. They've let up this season 51 to the Saints, 34 to the Bucks, 45 to the Chiefs, 36 to the Falcons, 31 to the Panthers, and 28 to the Steelers. Yep. No matter how good Mixon, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, Andy Dalton, Tyler Eifert, if he ever comes back, John Ross are, you can't beat those numbers every week, man. A defense that used to be so terrifying now is literally embarrassing on the other side of the ball. Mm -hmm. And the simple fact of it is a combination of terrible coaching and Vontez Perfect being an idiot. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I love it. I love I love Bengals fans because there is never once in the history of the world where they just go flat out, you know, we we beat you. It is either the Steelers won or the Steelers cheated and the refs cheated. And, and yes, we've lost to the Bengals. Mm-hmm. But the past two years, dude, just embarrassing. Yep. Literally embarrassing. Vontez Perfect has cost this team more money than anything <laughs> in the world. Dude, they're a good team when they play well. Not this year because they're a bunch of horse shit this year. Yeah. But that dude should not be playing football for the simple fact that he doesn't know how much hurting his team he has done. Yeah, that's true. Not even from a financial perspective, but also just from the fact that you don't have your starting middle linebacker. Yep. That that screws you, first off, because you need to have a hell of a backup. And then the other thing, too, is like when he is on the field, he just makes some... He's actually not a bad he player. He is an amazing linebacker out of college. The reason he wasn't drafted... Um, taken highs because he's a nut job. Yep. And the Bengals are very good at bringing those guys in and using them, but they cost them the game. Pac-Man Jones cost the game. Once is perfect, cost the game. Like, it's very easy to say, look, you did this, guys. And it's very easy to say, why is the head coach still allowing this to go on? You think that this is kind of going to open their eyes now moving forward and to be like, hey, we shouldn't be going for guys who have character flags? No, honestly, not at all. Because they think they're doing a great job reeling it in. I think, I mean, I think Joe Mixon it might be the example of them taking a yeah. character flaw and kind of turning it. Absolutely. I will say that. Um, A.J. Green has, is probably one of the most, like, un, is the Did most undiva care? receiver. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say he had a character flaw. I was gonna say, no, really? no, no, no. No, A.J. Green is the most undiva, undiva elite receiver in the NFL, and it's not even close. So, It used to be Michael Thomas before the phone. That was great. <laughs> All right. Well, Greg, that has been our time frame, my guy. Guys, this was two beers deep. Anything you want to get off your chest before we leave, Greg? Uh, two things. Uh, yeah. Number one, number a one. special, special shout out to all veterans. Yesterday was Veterans Day here in... Today we observe. Happy today Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day, everyone, to all active and former military individuals out there. Also, number two thing that uh, happened today, I don't know if you saw this, but um, obviously this is kind of a sad thing. Uh, rest in peace to the Stan creator Lee. of to the creator of Marvel, Stan Lee. Uh, it's earlier this year we lost Steve Ditko, who was one half of the creative brains behind my favorite superhero of all time, Spider Man, and we officially lost Stan Lee today. Ninety five so, though. Ninety five. Here's, here's life. the question, Greg: Whose life would you rather have, Hugh Hefner or Stan Lee? Oh God. 
Because, I mean, both opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. But both legends. Yeah, both legends. Here's the thing, though. What's the thing? I don't know if I could deal with all that Viagra in my Okay, lifetime. that's two beers deep, guys. We are kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank a you solid all. question. Thank you all for listening. Obviously, we have new shirts in the store. Our Point Apparel, I just ordered a bunch of them. The Dobbs to Hodge shirt is in. They look Dobbs great. Dobbs to Hodges is amazing. Um, we have new content coming up. I'm going to get the YouTube page started, which is super cool. Um, again, we're going to start cutting the live shot videos for Instagram. Um, then we're going to bring guests back on. So if you know somebody that should be a guest, want to be a guest, whatever it is, let us know. We'll start doing that for the Monday portion. The video portion will say just me and Greg for now. But obviously, we're always open to change. So, mm-hmm. All right. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Uh, we're out. Peace out, guys. Oh, no, 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 no.